Some areas of our country are doing very well, others are doing less well. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. We can no longer, from today onwards, be proud. We can no longer sit back and remain silent on the senseless, unlawful killings, sly racism of another human being based only on what? Their skin colour. We are worried that um, the Chinese Communist Party make use of the evil law to further suppress Hong Kong people. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? Hi everyone, and welcome to Where We Are with Nina Zoe Porter, your breakdown of all the key events in the world from the past seven days, all in one bite-sized podcast. For today's episode, here's what happened in the world this week. This week, indigenous protesters in Colombia have toppled a statue of Spanish conquistador Sebastián de Belacazar in the southwestern city of Pompeyón. Members of the Misak community used ropes to tear down the figure of de Belacazar, who founded the city in 1537. The Misak community blames the conquistador for the killings of their ancestors and also of land grabbing. Indigenous leaders have said he represented five centuries of genocide and slavery. However, Pompeyon's mayor disagreed with the protesters' actions, saying it was an act of violence against the symbol of a multicultural city. The toppling of statues associated with slavery and colonialism has been a prominent feature of the Black Lives Matter protests in the US and Europe. Most notably, the practice made headlines in the UK when a statue of Edward Colston was pulled down in Bristol Harbour. The movement has been at the forefront of demonstrations sparked by the death in police custody in May of African-American George Floyd. Mass protests have taken place across the US and internationally against police brutality and racial inequality and continue to this day. And next. And I want to assure all of you in this room that America's special bond with the United Kingdom runs deep and it will endure. And our relationship with Ireland and the European Union will remain the cornerstone, though, of our global engagement. This week, US presidential candidate Joe Biden commented on the controversy over the UK's new Brexit bill, warning of its implications for a future UK-US trade deal. The potential next president of the United States argued that the changes associated with the internal market bill will undermine the Good Friday Agreement and trading agreements, which the US would not ignore. The Good Friday Agreement was a peace agreement between the British and Irish governments and most of the political parties in Northern Ireland in 1998, and agrees how Northern Ireland should be governed following a series of conflicts known as the Troubles, which took place between 1960 and 1998. 
However, the British government's latest Brexit plans represent a direct attack on the agreement, threatening the Irish border and refers to changes in trade, customs, immigration checks and local economies. On Wednesday evening, Joe Biden tweeted, We can't allow the Good Friday Agreement that brought peace to Northern Ireland to become a casualty of Brexit. Any trade deal between the US and UK must be contingent upon respect for the agreement and preventing the return of a hard border, period. Similarly, Speaker of the US House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi warned there may be no bilateral US-UK agreement if the terms are breached. There will be no bilateral US-UK agreement if the border, the Good Friday Accords uh, in regard to uh, the border are changed. And, And actually, how can they walk away from an international agreement? How do you trust that? Biden's intervention came after an awkward day of diplomacy in Washington, D.C. for the UK's Foreign Secretary, Dominic Raab. Joe Biden tweeted this after Nancy Pelosi, who's the Democrat Speaker of the House of Representatives, after she met Dominic Raab, the Foreign Secretary, who is in Washington, who offered her assurances that the UK is not trying to undermine the Good Friday Agreement. She said in a statement, I welcomed what Dominic Raab said, but then she said, if the UK violates its interests, international agreement and Brexit undermines the Good Friday Accord, there will be absolutely no chance of a US-UK trade agreement. Despite these warnings from the US, Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab has been trying to reassure US politicians about the latest Brexit developments during a trip to Washington. US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said he trusted the UK to get this right. And finally... And the blessings of the peace we make today will be enormous. First, because this peace will eventually expand to include other Arab states. And ultimately, it can end the Arab-Israeli conflict once and for all. The foreign ministers of the United Arab Emirates, UAE, and Bahrain have signed historic diplomatic normalization deals with Israel at a ceremony at the White House. In an event overseen by President Donald Trump, the Emirati foreign minister and Bahrain's foreign minister signed the accords with the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu. The Abraham Accords, as they have been named, are framed by the Trump administration as a pathway to peace for the region and proof of Mr. Trump's credentials as a dealmaker. US President Donald Trump hopes these agreements will serve as the foundation for comprehensive peace. Together, these agreements will serve as the foundation for a comprehensive peace across the entire region, something which nobody thought was possible, certainly not in this day and age, maybe in many decades from now, but one founded on shared interests, mutual respect and friendship. To our honored guests from Israel, the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, congratulations. The agreements, the details of which are still being negotiated, represent the first time in a quarter of a century that any Arab country has given diplomatic recognition to the Jewish state. Jordan and Egypt signed deals with Israel in 1994 and 1979, respectively. Further, they signal a significant shift in regional geopolitics and should see the opening of embassies in the respective countries, as well as flights, 
tourism and trade links. Defence ties are also expected to be put in place quickly, with the possible sale of Israeli fighter jets to the Gulf Arab nations. Undoubtedly, the deal strengthened the regional alliance against Iran, a common enemy for both sides. So, you're all caught up. That's where we are in the world this week. Be sure to listen next week to stay up to date on the latest news around the world. Search Where We Are with Nina Porter on all podcast platforms and subscribe today to get new episodes first.